Heather Duplessis Allen. Now, is there anything that isn't stuck on a ship at the moment? Toys, building products, bikes, the chances are you're having trouble sourcing them. But there might be some light at the end of the tunnel, according to Sam Dickey from Fisher Funds, who's with us now. Hey, Sam. Hey there, good evening. What makes you think we're at the end of it nearly? Good on Mott, by the way. Good on Mott Shoeka. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, just for a bit of context there, we, we all know about these supply chain pressures. And 18 months ago, it cost 1500 bucks to ship a container from Shanghai to L.A. A month ago, that was costing more than $12,000, so an eightfold increase. Mm. And just, again, for context, we've heard a lot about inflation and the, and the sharply increased costs of moving goods around was one of the original drivers of an uptick in inflation, if you remember way back to the start of this year. So, um, what, you know, why has this happened, first of all? Really quickly, if you think about the logistics of moving a bike all the way from, say, Western China to, say, Salt Lake City in the US, there's around 11 potential choke points in that logistics chain, and almost all of them have been impacted. So everything from you know, China port struggling to load the bike, they had worker shortages due to COVID, there weren't enough containers to put the bike in, and those containers were in the wrong place, and there weren't enough truck drivers in the US to transport the bike to Salt Lake City. And then finally, if you think about the psyche of the Salt Lake City bike distributor, bikes that normally took weeks to ship are taking months. So the distributor orders three times as many bikes as normal. Oh, yeah. And that's it. That's actually got a, gut, a name now. The Globe used to run on a system of just-in-time inventory. Now it seems it's running on a system of just-in-case inventory. So, And then you, you top all of that off with surging demand as we come out of lockdown and we've really had the perfect storm. But the funny thing about perfect storms is they usually don't take that much to unwind. So to answer your question, what's changing and what are the early signs that may be starting to ease? Um, there's lots of things going on, but if we just focus on three things maybe – Firstly, measures of port congestion, so whether it be congestion on the cranes, congestion with ships in the harbour, particularly in Asia, have improved by 30% recently, and we are now around long-term averages. So that means, second, that freight rates are starting to fall, so that the cost to ship that same 40-foot container from Shanghai to LA is 20% less than a month ago. And the final point, if you think about that Salt Lake City bike distributor, is around the inventory amount of goods on hand. <clears throat> and the early signs are available inventory of man- manufactured goods globally is starting to spike. Mm. So you look at Korea and Taiwan, manufactured goods inventories, and I, I kind of use those countries as they were, or sorry, they are, very big exporters to the globe of basic products like semiconductors, cars, and chemicals. Their inventory levels are now up 20 to 30% from lows and are around long-term averages. So it feels like it's starting to ease a wee bit. Right. So um, the Freight Forwarders NZ President Chris Edwards reckons we've still got another couple of years, though, before it fully resolves itself. Would you say that's about right? <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take. And I do think when um, you're faced with this uh you know, huge wave of, of freight coming across your docks and your warehouses, it does feel like it's going to last forever. Mm. Um, what I can tell you is it's easing pretty sharply. And, and again, when when you do have, say, 11 uh, links in that chain and all of them have been congested and all of them have started to unwind, that means goods can start f- it's flowing pretty freely. But maybe from an investor's point of view, the good news is, as and when this eases, um, and, and given these supply chain snarl-ups were one of the early drivers of the inflationary pressures we're seeing, this could bring some relief from inflation and possibly some relief from interest rate rises globally. 
what is it, Sam? I mean, we we sit at the real like end of the world, right? So if it starts to kind of free up everywhere, we're still going to have to wait a wee while longer, aren't we? Probably yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't take much for these things to free up, though, right? Um, you know, like it, it was only three months ago that um, Asian port congestion was at you know all time highs, you know, hundred year highs, and that's already improved to, to long-term averages, so it doesn't take long. And there, there is a word of caution here, I think. In aggregate, again, thinking about that Salt Lake City bike distributor, um, not to pick on them, but um, <laughs> the, the Globe is probably getting pretty close to having ordered too much stuff, this yeah. sort of just-in-case inventory thing. And if we do see this unwind, and again, it's early days, it could slow economic growth a bit as well, because obviously oh, that... Well, that Western China um, bike manufacturer yeah. who's going to feel like his demand is surging when someone's ordering three bikes rather than one, suddenly that person's going to be ordering no bikes. Yeah, that's a fair point, and it might also mean, who knows, if there's oversupply, overstocking, some deals later on for all of us. Sam, thank you so much. Great to chat to you. Sam Dickey, Fisher Fund.